All right, views before the six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this episode five thrust? We rock, we lining them up, man. Lining them up. Getting, getting, we're, getting there. we're getting there. We're getting there, man. Getting there. Sure. Yo, yeah. let's talk about some stuff real quick before we get started. Everybody's hitting me up. Yo, you guys need to, you guys need to. Uh, start videotaping the interviews, the, all <laughs> this, and you know what I mean? We we'll, get, we'll get there eventually, you know what I mean? But Shit, we don't even have mics. No, man, <laughs> hey, that's, the be- that's the beauty of this, <laughs> right? You know, we don't need that anymore, man. We just See? stewing it up. It's like, it's like making a good meal, man. You gotta let the pot simmer. So we letting it simmer, vibe it out. We there not, there you know. go, man. We'll get there, though. We'll get there. So, yo, this week we have a guest who, I mean, shit, much like last week's guest... Very pivotal to me in listening to the radio and learning a lot from this city because, yo, Saturdays was hip-hop day, man. That's right, man. It was Master Plan show, it was Power Move show, and it was the Mastermind Street Jam. Actually, for one, for a a brief moment, I think it was about a year, uh, on Saturdays, it went one to four was X's show. That's That's right. right. Then I was on five to seven. Yep. And then... Power and them came on 8.30 to 11 or something like that. Yeah, so it was like all hip-hop Saturday. It was straight. And think about it. If this was 94, it was 94, um, and we still didn't have, you know, any... We didn't have anything, you know, there was no internet, there was no... um, Other than BLK, we didn't have anything. But for four, that's three, five, and they're on for what, two and a half? Yep. So for seven and a half hours on a day... Yeah, you were getting, hip-hop. you were getting your fix. You know what I mean? Like unadulterated fix. <laughs> and we all, we all kind of the three different, the three shows brought a different vibe. It's true. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I believe, yeah. I honestly believe we elevated each other because as much as we were all friends, there was obviously rivalry. Um, not rivalry, but it's like um, friendly competition. Friendly competition, right? So especially between me and X, because me and X have a history going back. We're so gonna long, get right? into all of that, man. Woo! All right, first question we ask everybody. Were you born in Toronto? Absolutely. Mount Sinai. Okay. Right down there at, uh, what is it, university and whatever? Yeah. Yeah? And what area did you grow up in? Um, well, it depends what you de- define as grow up. From from the times that I can remember. I know my parents at one point lived down here on Jameson or something at okay. some point. Um, and then we moved to Scarborough uh, until I was eight. So I remember probably from being five to eight or whatever, we were at Eglinton and Midland. Okay. Like right there on the corner. And, uh, and so I was there until uh, 1980. And then in 1980, we moved to North York, which okay. uh, was Shepherd and, I'm uh, not sorry, uh, Finch and Leslie area. And that's like the formative years? And that's where I grew up. Okay, That's, work, where, you work, can, work, that's work. where I could argue, I say I would grow up. Because that's where I was until uh, adulthood. So then how'd you get started in hip hop? In hip-hop, I would say, you see, getting started is one thing. Being introduced to it is probably how I would define it, right? Um, So the story goes, uh, went downtown with a friend of mine, Eaton Center, in uh, early 80s. was probably, I don't know, 84, 85, give or take, something like that. It was early years, grade 7, grade 8, or something like that. Okay. And... and we came outside, and there was a big crowd, and people were breakdancing. And I'd never seen that before, and it was mesmerizing, and I got kind of, you know, in just uh, in, enamored with it, and the whole spectacle of it and everything, and the, the, the music, obviously, they were playing and stuff. And from that point, I tried to find, uh, find as much of that as I could. And in my particular neighborhood, there wasn't a lot of that. Right. Where I was, you know, where I was... Um, 
It might even have been before that. When I say grade seven, grade eight, it might even have been before that. It could have been grade five, grade six, for all I know. But um, I do remember at one time uh, at the school park near my house, um, somebody was walking by. Uh, actually, a group of people were walking by, and one dude had his boombox with him, and he was blasting out breakdance shit. Okay. Specifically, I think it was um, it was an instrumental, but it was like jungle something or other. Okay. It was like you know, you know, like those. Everybody would break dance to art and noise and shit yeah, like that exactly. back then. So it was one of those joints. So are you into music at this time already? Like, are you into like per se DJing it? No, 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 not no? even close. DJing no. wasn't a factor. The closest I think for me, um, and yeah, so this was like grade five, grade grade six ish, is I was the guy, and it was weird when I think about it, but. I would. I was into music, so I was getting forty fives. I don't know how I was getting them, but I was buying forty okay. fives of the shit that I heard on the radio, whatever I liked. Not all of it was hip hop per se. Right. Actually, none of it probably was. Because that was because, the medium, though, at that time. But, right? but yeah, but none of it was hip hop because I, I don't think I was introduced to it at that time. So whatever I was was big or whatever I had on forty five. But I would be the guy that would go to the the, the school parties, mm-hmm. but I was too shy to like talk to people or be in the mix or whatever. So I would just sit by the turntable and I'd put the forty fives on and play and just. But I wasn't DJ Like no I didn't know what that was Right So I was just the guy Playing the records And it was interesting Because in hindsight And thinking back It was like You got a lot of attention People would come up to you And talk to you Because you're playing the tunes And blah 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 So I asked the guy at the park At the boombox What he was listening to And where he got it And he told me About a radio show That was on Saturday afternoons One to four Um, And I don't even remember If he told me the frequency um, but I do remember the next Saturday that I was out on, and it was in the winter time, and I was on my uh, my back deck, and there was snow everywhere, and I just was outside, and I had a coat hanger on the antenna because it was so hard to get. Because I think at the time CKLN only had like 150 watts or yeah. some shit. Okay, okay. It was like that back and then. and and I did end up finding it, and I I was recording it, and just the shit he was playing. The show was incredible to me, right? Right. And I was just hooked. And from that day, every Saturday, I told my parents, don't mm-hmm. come look for me. Don't talk to me from between one, one and four. four. And, you know, I have mad tapes from then. And um, and so that's how I got introduced to it. And I probably listened to that show. You know, it's interesting. I find, I, I think back to myself, uh, of myself. And, and I was a very, I was very much um, a go-getter. In the okay. sense that, um, I, if I wanted something, I would go get it. Now it took me a while, but I worked up enough courage to find out where the radio show was. And actually, you know what? We're, we're skipping a whole bunch of shit. I listened to the show, and I remember being a fan of the show and listening to it. This is Fantastic Voice. Yes, Ron Nelson show. Yeah, sorry, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I should have yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Ron's show on CKLN, Fantastic Voyage. And so I probably started listening to it in 84 and in 85, I won tickets to see LL Cool J. Okay. Ron. Okay. Like legit. Just I called in. There was some, he was doing a giveaway. I ended up winning the tickets and I went to see LL at concert halls. My first concert. Sick. Had no one to take me. I was probably 12 or 13. My sister ended up, my older sister ended up going with me. We watched this show. You know, fucking awesome, obviously. Awesome. <laughs> um, so a few things. You know, I won tickets. I got to go to a concert. 
You know, it was LL, blah, blah, blah. There was, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool shit. But at this point, I still was just a fan. Right. And so sometime after that, I worked up enough courage to... And I started buying records, too. So I was going downtown, okay. hitting up Carnival and, and uh, Star Sound. <coughs> um, it wasn't Car- It was Carnival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Carnival and Star Sound. And this was just, a, at the time, you know, record 12 inches were like seven ninety nine. Right. And when you factor in tax everything, you're paying about nine and change, right? Right. So I would only have a ten ever. Like every week, I'd somehow scrounge up a ten, and I would go downtown. Literally, I would go by myself. And Carnival was closer to Dundas mm-hmm. and Young. That's right. And yeah. Star Sound was over by College. That's right. Yeah, and if yeah. you you know, it's it's a good ten minute walk between the two. And as much as they would have the same, some of the same stuff, they would also have different shit. Yeah. And I would spend. I'm talking. Hours going back and forth between the two stores trying to figure out which one 12 inch or album because sometimes they would get albums and the albums would be like right, you know, right, 8 yeah. 99 or whatever and you could still get it for a 10 but wow. hours going back and forth figuring out which one record that I was going to get with my 10 do you remember the first record you bought? nah because I, that wasn't necessarily where I bought them from. Okay. Remember I was buying those 45s right, 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 right. and my, my mom would buy me records, you know, here and there. Um, but I would say probably the first 12 inch, I think it was Jermaine Stewart. The word is, the word is out because people would break dance to that first little loop at the beginning. It was like a drum loop with the horns. Right. Before we started singing. Right. And right, the DJs right. would loop that and do would break dance. So I got into it because of break dancing. Right. All the other shit kind of happened. After. Did you break? I did. Okay. But because of the where I lived, where where my house was, in relation to where uh, the project was, because there was a project near my house, right. where all the kids did all the breaking or whatever. I was never over there, so I was just this one guy. I would put cardboard down on my driveway. I'd have my, <laughs> I'd have my fucking yeah. my little radio out with me, yeah. and I would break dance. You know, back in the day, I think it was K Tell or Quality or one of them. They would put out these. Breakdance compilations. Yes, they yeah. would come with a poster, the poster the moves, and with the moves yes, and shit. The moves, and the funny thing is, they would have the song, but they wouldn't put the right artists on it because either they were doing it without licensing them okay. or whatever. But so they would have like craft work on there, but they would call it some different shit, and it would be it wouldn't be the like as you get older, you realize that's not fucking that. That was so and so. Right, 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 right. I, I know those. I know those K-Tel records you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I would. I'd be out there every you know weekend morning. I'd be out breakdancing on his board, thinking that I'm fly as shit and blah blah blah. The funny thing is, apparently, some of those breakdance kids would hear about me. And then they'd want to come battle me, but I was never like I'd never want to battle anybody. You know what I mean? I was never nearly as good as anything like that. So crazy, man. So I finally worked up enough courage to go down one day to to meet Ron. I bought brought a record for him to sign and shit, and um, told him I was a big fan. And and uh, he signed the shit. He was he's such a gracious. You know, at the time. You're a young kid, and he was actually young too. Like when you think about right. how old he was in relation to me, he had to be nineteen or twenty, maybe. If I was, if I was, you know, twelve or thirteen or right. whatever, he couldn't have been that much older. You know what I mean? Like he right. he, he was relatively within that same mm-hmm. um, age age group, group age yeah. group, right? So <clears throat> um, the fact that he was doing all that. Um, it was cool, and the vibe down there was cool. Like you would see, you know, just people in in the room and in, in the in the little graffiti everywhere, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, hallways. Yeah, yeah. It just it was just a really cool, cool vibe to be in. From I there, I think I think um, 
you know, I don't know. I just wanted to be a part of all that. And somehow, okay. and somehow I, I willed it to happen. Like, I remember f- finding out where Ron lived one time and being a real weirdo stalker, went and knocked on it. I drove, I took the bus to his crib up in Scarborough, knocked on his door with my friend, like a real fucking nut job, and, <laughs> and probably freaked him out a little bit. And and told him that I'm gonna be a rapper. I think I told him I'm gonna be a rapper one day because I think I started writing oh, okay. some rounds and you, shit. You do know a lot of people don't know the history of Thrusters through Mastermind. Cause we had a group. Yeah, but that came uh, after. Yeah, that came but that right was after. our first recording, official recording. We were the first people to record in B Factory. I no, because Mission yeah. did that before. No, you didn't realize when he opened in Pickering. I'm talking about he went to yeah, Pickering, yeah, yeah. which is where he did a lot of the stuff. That studio was only open for a week. I talked to Richard and all those guys. I was like, "Yeah, you guys oh, really? You were, yeah, we we didn't know who was doing whatever the time, but yeah, we did like two tracks. We had some. Stuff we were so team. inexperienced, we were so though, right? It was yeah. me. It was, it was me, Thrust X, and and JB John, okay. who was our beatbox. So me and Thrust would be the rappers. Adrian was the DJ, and I remember we saved Crazy. up enough money to go to Beat Factory to go and record. But we had no concept, no concept, and no idea. Are you DJing at this time too? No, I was rapping. I had, okay. I had, okay, we're like 15. 15. Yeah, I hadn't started. Like I hadn't started DJing yet. Okay, wow. DJing for you. Wait, wait, hold on. You were in a group called. Um, that was way after. That's later. Exact wisdom. Exact wisdom. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that after. So this thing. So we all became friends. So what the reason? The how we became friends was so I met Ron, started stalking him, telling him I wanted to be okay. down with him and stuff. And because Ron was a concert promoter, he had street teams, and so he would take guys. Um, and they would go plaster posters at nighttime around the city. Yeah, X was right? talking about that. So he would yeah. go and do that, and he would take these guys, and the, we would all get into the concerts for free, and he would feed us at the end of the night. And for us, it was just this be with our idol kind of thing. Experience, you know what I mean? sure, just, man. Just be down with this guy who's doing such amazing things, right? And so that's how we all met, you know, because Adrian and Thrust and those guys were already friends with Ron. From oh, there, that's from a, their that leads to what X was talking about, but that's how we all just met at that same time. Okay. It's weird. Okay. It was like that coming into in your own kind of people. So, like, around these times, who were some of the other rappers you remember? Were... There weren't a lot. The only rappers that I remember were the ones that I was hearing about on Ron's show, right? Like so, and... so, Mishy, uh, K Force wasn't called K Force at the time. He was. He was a lot of. He was Maybe MC Force. Sean? No, he was MC Force. It was MC okay. Force. Uh, obviously Rumble um, There was a guy named MC Wiggles Who I never heard rap But he, he His name was always thrown around Okay see ya. And um, Melody MC And Ebony MC And I forget the name That they were together But um, Melody MC Ended up becoming Maestro Fresh West Okay Okay And so those were the main guys And there was a few others There was like Beatbox dudes Because even before I met Ron There was these Toronto invades Or New York invades Toronto battles That he would put on Right And he would have guys Come down And they would battle Dudes from here um, So we had DJ battles We would have MC battles We would have Beatbox battles And um, The week after after those battles would happen, Ron would have audio and he would play that stuff on the air. On the air. Oh, right? sick! So he was. Oh, who's got tapes? Oh, in I got, that, I got oh all yeah. That yeah. Oh man, it's that's so neat crazy. to hear that. Yeah, man. I got all that. Oh, shit. I, ask, I always ask about TL verse NY because obviously I'm way too young for that. Yeah. So I never got to. You know what I mean? Like I live it through people talking about it and the fact. Yo, I would love to hear those tapes. There was know. a couple that I missed out on. Right, right, right. right, 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 right. There was a bunch that I missed out on. and I had to kind of live vicariously through those. 
them reminiscing yeah. on the radio about it and stuff. But he would play it once a year. Remember, he had it was like a treat he'd have. Okay, so you were actually going. You guys were actually going yeah. to these things. We were, there was a sure. couple of them, right? right? Remember, the first thing I went to was was the LL, right? And then after that, it was things that I could go to, and there wasn't a lot. I remember going to one with a friend actually. So this is another. This is a whole different tangent. So in like grade five or six, me and this guy named Daniel who lived down the street from me, we became best friends. Okay. Daniel <laughs> Daniel eventually became uh, Daniel Negranu, world poker champion. Oh, word, word, okay. So for about two or three years, me and him were best friends, and we would go to wrestling, and we'd have, like, literally best friends. And I took him with me to a concert, or some show. And I remember we were outside concert hall waiting to get in, and some dude robbed us. Right. So wow. he, he said, so, and, and the thing is, I'm, you know, I was only 12 or 13 and he was a, like a year younger than me and he was short at the time, like really short. And so we're in line and it's like mad packed to get in and I'm, you know, being the older, taller guy, I'm trying to protect him and shit. And some guy came up and he goes, yo, give me a dollar. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. He goes, give me a dollar or I'll take everything you have. So I ended up having to give him a fucking dollar. And I was so pissed and salty. I was so mad and salty for the rest of the night. But that was, that was, I think concert that, was that was con- concert hall. But okay. I think that may have uh, stopped me from wanting to go all the time. Because right. it was like, you know, who, as a that young kid who wants to go and get fucking robbed and shit, right? So, see, concert hall was, you had to get in that place early. And, and it's there. funny when you I say Rob because he man. took a dollar. Right, but I right, mean, right, right. you know, as a, as a kid, it was like get there early, man. As a kid, it was like um, you know, it was traumatizing. So anyhow, <laughs> I didn't go to a lot of those things until after I became a part of Ron's street team, street team or whatever, right. right? And so just going back to the whole, um, you know, the group. Our group was called World Domination. Don't know how we came up with that shit. It's just one of okay. those, those things. One of those things. And again, I was I was a rapper before I became a DJ. DJing didn't happen until years later out of necessity for You're me. You're a rapper and a producer. Okay. So then so then hold on, hold on, hold on. When when X talks about like you kicking him off his show, like, that's later. Okay, so Well, it's around the same time, but it's later. later. Okay. So okay. we're talking probably we're talking probably 87. Seven, 87. Okay. Right? So then when do, you, when do you go from being a rapper to a DJ? After me and Adrian stopped doing the show together. Because I'll tell you all about that, right? That's so a, a lot of people don't know. That's what I'm saying. The timeline, that's why this show is so important. Because a lot of people right. see the progression. I didn't get my radio show until uh, 87. Which is CHRY, right? Which is at CHRY. But I had been... You know, friends with Ron and, and these guys since '86, so probably or maybe even late '85. I can't remember the exact timelines. Okay, we right? met, I remember meeting him when I was around '85. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, and we actually I became really close. And we were hanging out. We were like, yeah, I would go to his house on the weekends all the time, and we were hanging out a lot. And and um, and so we when we went to Pickering, which was. Ron Which was before 87. This is not Ron. This is Beat Factory Studio. Oh, okay. So Ivan and uh, this guy named Rich. So we went there with just raps prepared. So we get there and we, so, you know, Rich says to us, Rich is just an engineer, right? Okay. And so he says to us, okay, so what are we doing? And we're like, well, you know, where's, what are we rapping on or whatever? So we ended up making him, he ended up producing the beat for us and everything. It was, okay. and, and it was funny at the time because we had no idea 
how this whole concept worked creating a song, right? Right, right, we thought right. You write some rhymes and there's, there's going to be a beat there for you and you fucking, you know, you you write, What beat did you write your rhymes to? You're just he made it on the fly. But the funny thing is in hindsight, when you listen to it, like the drum pattern was from another record he made with somebody else and the snare and the kick yeah, were from shit, some shit he made. The only thing that we came up with was the scratching in the hook, which was from a Roxanne Chante record. And it said world domination. It might have yeah. said world domination, and Adrian did the cuts okay, on it or whatever. Okay. And me and Chris rapped, and I don't even know if we have yeah. a record of this anywhere. I just on tapes on it. It's one of those files, man. Do you? Have, yeah. But it was all right, man. It got played a couple times. It had a little. Had you a know what? The interesting song. thing is that Rod song. believed in us. I mean, of course he's going to believe in us because we right. were his 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 proteges, right? But he believed in us enough that he put us on a show, and we performed somewhere. On one of the concert hall sh- concerts, okay, and I remember I was nervous as shit. I was so scared, and I was just worried about not forgetting my rhymes. And we got up on stage, and it comes to my part, and I didn't even look at the crowd. I just was zoned out and making sure I was saying my parts right. And I remember we cut the music for something, and I just kept rapping because I was not paying attention. And these guys had to stop me. Yo, yo, guy, yo, yo. yo. And I remember just in my mind, it was like one of the most embarrassing well, things was like, ever. Apollo, man. So everybody was like, oh, right, right, like right. P's and Q's, the front row already. Like, like the thing about it is, like, well, we it, 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 you know, when, we, when you talk about Toronto being the screw face capital, they would throw shit at you if you. If you weren't up to par and stuff, and that's what I was so scared about. Like you know, yeah. I mean, first of all, um, I'm a brown kid trying to be in hip hop and rap and blah right. blah blah. It was cool back then. If you were a white guy, it was still cool, right? You had guys like Brother D doing shit and, and other dudes, but there was never. I'd never seen a brown guy up until that point doing anything. You know what I mean? Word, but okay. the, the, but my commitment and my love to the culture could not be questioned. Right. It was just exactly. I didn't come from that background. Right. Right. Exactly. Right, right. Right. And so. So, yeah, we do it. But the next time we went to the studio, I remember, the next time we went to the studio, these guys all prepared a song. So Adrian got in producer mode, and he found samples that he wanted to use. They came up with a concept, the whole thing. And when we got to the studio, they told me that I wasn't going to be on the song. They, Uh. they, they, They snaked me and said, okay, it's just going to be thrust. And I'm making the beat and blah blah blah. And I so to me it was like there was some some shit going on because we were all tight friends, but there was some sort of <laughs> some sort of exile happening, and I didn't know why. At the time, we're just kid shit, right? And and um, the, uh, <laughs> the personality. The beginning of yeah, you know what it was. It what was. It was. It was a lot of per- it was like there's personality. X becoming X no, I, and I can see, I can totally see like, that. No, an X too. Like the yeah. clip, all of us are on our own. Came to our own, you know what I'm saying? Like, we started, we all were starting. Well, we, were we, were kids. Kids. we were still kids. Right. And we were still kids. And kids do kids shit. Kid stuff. We were, like, dude, we, we were 14. We easily right? were 14, 13 years old still. This was not. And we had the clout. We were getting our parents to drive but, us to Pickering. But here's right. the thing. Right. We were right, that right. age, but we had the clout that normally in the industry or anywhere else you looked that a 24 or 27 year old would have. You get what I'm saying? Right. And you guys are just. Because kids. we were affiliated, rolling with Ron, and we were. So we were just on a different level. Our weekends were so much different than a fifteen-year-old's weekend. Like what we did on the weekend. Dude, I think about I think about the age I was coming home from helping Ron do posters, and then he would stop at a club or whatever. And the first time I ever came home, and the sun was coming up, and I'm talking, I was a kid, and I came home, and in hindsight now, as a father, I'm like, there's no way in fucking hell. 
my 14 year old right. kid is coming home when the sun comes up running around town with you know grown guys and shit it's like what the fuck well yo see it's funny because you say as a brown guy like I'm the white kid who grew up in Rexdale and I remember trying to go to Jack the Rapper with Kwame and Jazzy yeah. one time and I think it might have been Atlanta was and my Atlanta. parents were about it mm. until they realized what they were sending me off to which right. was like uh, you know I'm going to Atlanta to a hip hop convention yeah, like yeah, 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 I'm yeah. 13 year old white kid my parents are like no wait no, a second no. you, know, no. you can't go to this thing <laughs> I remember I was gonna go the year that Kwame and Jazzy went yeah. Yeah, that was like, crazier too. That's, right? that's what the craziness happened. Remember? Yo, oh, right? Man. So it's just, it's back. it's funny. Like I get I get what you're saying, especially double now too. Because I'm like, yeah, well, would I let my kid go to a 14? Absolutely. 14? Yes, times are different. Right. But shit, times are never that different. You know right, what I mean? Right, 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 right. Um, it's crazy. So. There, man, there's so many different tangents because my mind is not like you would think the way my mind works. Like I did hard drugs when I was a kid or something. Right, 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 right. I can't remember shit chronologically anymore. Um, radio show though, like after all. So, this. so, so let's go to the radio show. So there was a guy on my street who went to York University. Okay. And uh, so I had actually been. So Ron had me on his show. Uh, like literally, he did a piece about me on his show because I was such a fan. And there was this weird thing that people got off on dissing Ron. Like there was this, there was okay. this love hate thing with Ron, okay. where people would say, "Oh, he talks too long on the radio," and they would just say really shitty things about him. And me, as a fan, I never, I never bought into that. <laughs> Excuse me. But there was there was a time where I created like a pause mixtape on a cassette where I took samples and shit from his radio show and pieced it together to diss him. And I played it to him personally. Okay. And just, just from a look what I made in terms of from a technical standpoint. Because I only made it on cassette. So you're pausing and recording and pausing and recording. And I created this montage mix. And yes, it was, you know, Ron sucks, Ron sucks, fuck you, Ron, blah, blah, that type of shit. But it didn't come from a, a malicious place. It right, came right, from right. there's this weird thing where people always dissing you. So I just bought into it. That was, I've always had this weird thing of not understanding how beef works as a kid because that ties into this whole thing when me and Ron got into it right on our little radio thing right okay because a kid there's this thing where you know you it's like WWE you think it's all fake right right and not realizing no, that it can be real not to a certain that. degree right right not so either. when I played it to Ron Ron got a chuckle out of it because a he knew it didn't come from a mean place right and he was actually impressed by the technical aspect of it, or at least that's what I believe, because he wanted to take it and play it on his show. Okay. And I was actually against it because I had only made it for him, right? Because I didn't want people to think that I'm, I'm <coughs> shitting on Ron. But I think what Ron wanted to do was utilize it as a way to say, here, all these people who are talking shit about me, enjoy this, this, this 60 second or two minute right. shit on Ron piece, right? And so... He he played it on the radio, and I was at home, and I, I was a real hip-hop nerd, you know what I mean, studying lyrics, okay. reading the record labels to find out who wrote shit, where it was produced, who published, like I was such a, I was really into knowing everything about every record. And so the same day that he played this thing, he called me up and had me on the air, and he started giving me 
I made my timeline maybe off here and there, but this is relatively the right, the, the same shit that happened. But he gave me like a name that tune kind of quiz live on the air. Okay. So he was like, he would play a piece of a record or he would say a lyric of a song and I was naming them all off and I was getting them all right. Got all of them right. And he asked me about, you know, 10 to 15 questions and at the end he goes, you're like, you're like a mastermind. Yeah. Right? Okay. So that's where the name came from. Okay. Okay, okay, wait. Let, let me just stop you, right? Yeah, Because yeah. the other day, I'm sure as you see, Flyer Vault, that guy now, since we started doing the... The show tags me and all the shit, which is super dope. Yeah. Because I love, like, I love He's learning the history. Awesome. Yeah. So there was one, and it was a flyer, right. and master. It said mastermind promotion. So Ron actually addressed that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He said right. that that's. So cool. when Ron was a hip hop R and B guy, he was known as Ron Nelson. Okay. But he at, at one point he branched out because house was becoming such a big uh, art form, music mm-hmm. form in Toronto. Right. Mm-hmm. But because he was known as a hip hop DJ, he couldn't play clubs like. Club Z and Twilight Zone as Ron Nelson because they didn't want hip hop people there because they're house clubs. Mm-hmm. So he created this pseudonym as Mastermind or Mastermind Productions. Yes. And he would go DJ at those clubs because he was capable of spinning that type of music. Right. But he didn't have the name to go along with it. So he created this pseudonym to go play uh, at these other parties. So the two were separate entities, right? Right. You got my hip hop and reggae shit. And then I got my house. And then he had over the regation on top of that. Well, that was that was, that was way later. That was, okay, right? okay. But so that was what Mastermind was. But it never really picked up for him. Oh, right? Okay. okay. It just never it just never happened for him. So when he said to me, "I'm like a Mastermind," he goes, "I'm going to call you Mastermind Two, meaning the second or whatever." Oh. Okay. And so for the longest time, because I still wasn't on the radio at this point, I was known as Mastermind Two, and I didn't care because it was like. I, this is my fucking mentor yeah, giving me a fucking name. I don't yeah. give a shit. You know what I mean? It's the greatest thing ever, right? Right, right, right. And right. I was getting a little bit of notoriety from it. The older guys were giving me props for being so fucking smart. And you know what I mean? You were getting a little bit of attention here and there. So that happened on the air. So he played this disc thing. We did the, the quiz. He gave me the name. Cool. And then fast forward a little bit. This, this guy in my street works at, um, or not works, but he's going to York U. And they have a campus radio station only. Yes. So it's not on the it's not on a frequency yet. It's just closed circuit within York U. Okay. And so we're all friends obviously. He's older than me, but we're all, you know, neighborhood friends, play soccer and hockey and all that shit. And one day he goes, you know, he knows that I'm into all this hip hop and shit. He goes, "Yeah, they're looking for someone to do a hip hop show. You should you should come apply." Come through. I'm 14 or 15, I forget, and I'm like, there's no way they're giving me a radio show at York University he goes fuck just come man just come so I took the bus one day with him up to York U he had a reggae actually he had a show there he was doing like a ska show or something so that's how the whole he was doing a show so he brought me up there and introduced me to the program director whose name was Khan Yigit okay and uh, he introduces me and he goes hey this is my friend Paul he's you know he lives on my street he's into hip hop you guys want to do a hip hop show I think he'd be great for you and I introduce I say hi how you doing I don't even think I got more than that out of my mouth. And he says to me, so this is the week after Ron did that mix thing on the air with the the uh, the trivia questions and okay. all that. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, 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 that's, that's cool. But do you know this mastermind kid? He wow. literally said that to me. He literally said that to me. And I said, yeah, that's me. me. And he goes, 
That's you? You were the guy on the radio last week doing the blah, blah, blah. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And from there, he started talking. Yeah. Started, basically, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, we weren't, they weren't on um, a frequency yet. They were just uh, closed circuit at the time. Uh-huh. And wow, they brought okay. me in. Because, yo, I grew up in the West, so 105.5 was big to me right. as well because I could right. get it, right? Right. So. so this is grade nine for me. Because I remember, because I got it, I got the, the, the show yeah. at, in, near the end of grade nine, and as I was going into high school, I was in, I was in junior high, so as I was going into high school, I was it, meeting new people, and I was letting them know, yeah, I got this fucking radio show, and blah, 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 and that was like an icebreaker for people, right? So, it started out Wednesdays uh, for two hours. It was on six to six to eight. And then it eventually expanded to six to nine. In the morning? No, evening. Okay. okay. Wednesday evening. So I remember there was like a flood of morning oh, shows. Well, that was way oh, okay, later. Okay, 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 way okay. later. In the in the first two or three years, it was just the evening. So every show was on like basically six to nine. Okay. So you had like a show Monday six to nine or six to eight, Tuesday six to eight. My show was on, and it was a different show. There would be a reggae show. And then on Thursdays, like a R&B show. And then Fridays, there was like a house show. Okay. And we were all friends. All of us became friends because we were, like, those were the prime time shows, right? And each one definitely reflected a big flavor of what was going on in Toronto. So you had hip-hop, reggae, reggae on Tuesday or whatever it was. And you had the hip-hop show. Then you had the R&B show. Okay. And then you had the house show. And all the shows were popular. So by the time CHRY went on the air, which was, I believe, in... Uh, September of 1987 It was either September or October When it officially launched It had 50 watts And I remember Like it was the weirdest shit Because you would have the the request line And you're saying shit And it wasn't like you know there's a big fanfare And all of a sudden there's this new station in Toronto It was like people would call I'm like how the fuck do you know we're even on the air And they're like I was just flipping through the dial And it fucking heard the hip hop and blah 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 and it's just, it's fascinating how people would find shit back then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, just totally. really just literally flipping through a It's not like you guys were promoting it and shit. Not to that degree. Right. You know what I mean? It was really, and the thing about that, it, because it was, um, I don't know what their mandates were, but it was really focused to be a station for that Jane and Finch kind community. of community, right? Because it was York University, 50 watts in that area. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that was kind of what their... Again, I don't know if that was a mandate, but that's the perception like that their it, core audience. Right, you know was, what I mean? Yeah. And again, we were doing something that wasn't being done. It's not like CKLN. CKLN had Dave's dance music on Sunday and it had Ron's show on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't right. like there was anything else going on throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I don't think CIUT was even a a thing, a, a thing yet, right? Because when did they start? 89? They started, like, yeah. Like yeah, right? Yeah. So they we're were talking, even... We're talking... 87. Master, Master Plan show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 87. Yeah. It's 87. So we're 87, right? And so I started doing my show. So if, if we launched in September of that year, I probably got the show in May. Okay. So I was doing it from May, June, July, all through, you know, learning how to do it and, and getting getting my craft. I remember failing school, like grade 10 science, like twice, because I was never at school. I was always at the radio station. And I was so I, I wasn't failing because I wasn't smart enough to do it, but I was failing because of, of attendance. And when I would do tests, I didn't know what the fuck we were 
doing anything, right? right? Because yeah. all I cared about was being at that radio station. So every day I would be at, like a friend, and one of my best friends to this day, his biggest running joke with me is, you know, as soon as the bell rang at 3.15, there's Paul walking across the football, his football field with his knapsack on, going to the radio station. Like, station. he didn't fuck, like, I didn't fucking right. hang yeah. with nobody. Yeah, I didn't fucking give a fuck. I was at that See, radio yeah, station, yeah, man. and I was committed, and all I wanted to do was just learn, learn, and be in everybody's show, and just show them that I was there, being a part of that shit. And I, and I couldn't DJ. So literally what we were doing was... I was playing one record, it would fade out, I'd start the next record, I would talk in between. But the one thing I did do is I made sure that my show sounded professional because I got IDs made. And right. I was firing them in between records and I was trying to sound as polished as it was possible. Very polished, dude. It was as like, best as I could, right? right. For a 15 year old. But it, the focus was there and I think they recognized all that the commitment and the focus. And it eventually, again, the show went from being two hours to three hours, they realize it's like, okay, well, CKLN can dedicate three hours to a hip-hop show and an R&B show, then we should be doing the same type of shit. So, the, you know, at least Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, they were all six to nine. Okay. Right? So the hip-hop, R&B, and the house shows. And those three shows end up being the most popular shows. For Who was those. the R&B and the house guy? Do you remember? R&B guy was um, Anthony... Davis, Anthony Davis. Yeah. No, because his brother no. is Gary Davis. He ended, years later he ended up becoming like the station manager or something. Mitch. No, it's Mitch an it was Gary. Gary. Gary Davis. That's what I'm saying. Like I know the face. I've seen the face. I don't even know if it's Davis, face. but it was Gary. Okay. Anyway, and then Mitch Winthrop did yeah, the Mitch. the house, the house show, yeah. and he ended up being a huge Mitch fucking is, house no, DJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. massive Mitch house strong, DJ, man. right? And and both those guys were like mentors to me as well. Okay. Right? So once I started working at CHRY uh, and getting surrounded with those guys, the, those guys became mentors as well. From for different reasons, but as as big as a mentor that Ron was, so did those guys. You know what I mean? Right. And for me, I didn't have an older brother, so I would always attach myself to anybody who I thought would fill those older brother kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, Shoes, right, 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 and so I'd always gravitate towards guys like that because uh, I was like a sponge who wanted to learn and just be a part of shit. So then, like, do you eventually, like, when do you eventually get turntables and start learning to DJ? Okay, so, so as the station is realizing what they have, so as CHRY is realizing, oh, we got this great hip hop show, we got this great R and B show. Somebody in there said, yo, we need to get twelve hundreds put in here with a mixer, and we need to start mixing. So before we went live, that happened. Okay. Right? I still couldn't DJ at the time, but what happened was, so I'm a 15-year-old with a radio show, and there were people who wanted to be a part of that, but they couldn't take it from me because they knew how, how much I was uh, liked by the, the, the programmers and the general managers, and they knew the value of me, I guess. Um, so make a long story short, I had one guy who could DJ who kind of, I don't want to say conned his way into my show by pretending to like me or be a, try to be a bigger okay. brother, but he conned his way into being a part of my show. Okay. Right. By, by acting like we were cool, even though he fucking hated my guts. He just wanted to be on the show. Oh, okay. 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 So he was the DJ. So I was the MC and the talker. And he just did all the mixing and, and playing. So at this point, I still didn't care about DJing. I didn't have to. Okay. 
I also stopped calling myself Mastermind 2 at some point between the May and the launch. I would, I would always actually be on the, hey, it's Mastermind 2, blah, blah, blah. So my program director eventually came to me and goes, we should stop saying Mastermind 2. You're just Mastermind. Like, yeah. you know, Ron doesn't use the name anymore. Just go with Mastermind. And I asked Ron. I said, hey, they want me to stop using the two. Is that all right? Blah, blah, blah. Because there was always this level of respect, right? Right. But I do feel at some point Ron was kind of thrown for a loop when I told him I was getting a radio show. Because, again, you're 14. When I mentioned it to him, I was 14. Yeah. And he's, you know, 20 or whatever, 21. And it's like, holy fuck, this guy really went out and did everything he was going to say he was going to do. He came to my house and said he's going to be a rapper. I started rapping, right? Said I'm going to fucking be like you one day and be a fucking radio guy. I fucking became a radio guy. Right. So, so you know. <laughs> it's the, true. The, so the, the, I remember his initial reaction when I told him. He was like, ah, oh, they're not going to give you a show. I said, they did, though. They gave me a show, blah, 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 right? Okay. <laughs> okay. What? Yeah. And so... So there was never a rivalry because I always, you know, it's funny because I would always promote Ron's shit during my show. And that's when my PD was like, you got to, this is you. This is your thing. You oh, can't, okay. yeah, you can't yeah. just, you're not Mastermind 2 anymore and you're not here talking about Ron all day, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Because I couldn't differentiate the two because it's still, for me, it was, I'm still a fanboy. Right. right. And there's no ego. There's no like... Oh, I'm over here with this fucking radio show, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, right? I got it, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So I have this older guy spinning the show for me, thinking that we're cool. And eventually you realize that this guy doesn't really fucking like you and he's using you for your for the opportunity. And so I went to my bosses and I said, I don't like this guy. He's, you know, he's not good for the show. He's, he's only in it for himself, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of got that vibe too. Okay. So they made him leave. They basically said, you're not part of the show anymore. So I needed a DJ, right? Okay. And because me and Adrian were friends, I asked Adrian, you'll come be my DJ. It's perfect. We're in the rap room together. You know what I mean? You spin, come DJ on my show. I need a DJ now. So Adrian came to be a part of my show. Which was perfect because he never really liked talking to begin with. Right. Exactly. Right? Okay. So, so this is 87. So this is probably the, la the later... Or beginning, it's actually beginning of 88. Okay. Beginning of 88. And so now Adrian and me are doing the show together. And the personality shit starts happening. Because again, for me, it's like, okay, well, this is my show. And you're my DJ. Okay. But Adrian, obviously, is getting a little bit of shine out of it. I don't know if Ron and him, because him and Ron were like super tight. Right? Like they were like brothers. Okay. You know what I mean? So who knows if there was anything going on there. And, and you know, Adrian was getting his tires pumped. You're all, the whole show is you. If it wasn't for you, right, right, show. Right. I don't know if it's any of that shit, right? Again, because we're 15. We're literally, both of us are 15, 16, and there's all the personality bullshit. Then you start... Plus you're 15 and 16, And right? you do start right? to develop yeah. an ego. Yeah, yeah, You, yeah, you course, literally start to develop course, an ego, yeah, right? Course. Because then all your friends at high school are like, holy fuck, this guy's on the radio. I can fucking hear him every Wednesday and blah, blah, blah. And then you, your tires get pumped, right? Yeah, and, and let's, let's be honest. It... The one thing about it, just standing from the outside, it sounded crazy. The combination of X and Mastermind. Right. Yeah, no, together, it was fun. It was good. Like, it was just good from fun. the outside, forget about the politics and the feeling. So everyone listening to it be like, yo, this is crazy. So everybody's comes up, yo, the radio show. Plus hip-hop's kind of no new still. And like, interestingly, you know, CKLN never brought in turntables. So whenever yeah. Ron did his show, yeah. and this was actually, this is so much kudos for Ron. He was using two turntables on this side that were separate. 
and his pots were coming out through the main board. Right. So right, any right. scratching or back and forth shit he was doing, he was doing you, had to, you had oh, to watch him insane. do it. Yeah. It was insane Same. because was insane. he had to take one turntable out of queue and put the other one in queue, bring it back and go like this and then bring the other pot. Like, dude, it was fucking magnificent to watch what yeah, he did. And I know that CKLN board too, right. man. Like that it was, board. It was... Yeah, dude, it was so powerful with the 12s or Yeah. CKLN. It was fucking poetry watching that guy do his show because listening to it, you would think it was like how they were doing it in New York, right? Yeah. Right. And it wasn't. So for us, we had this whole, you know, you had Adrian, who at the time actually was a pretty good turntablist. You know, he was like, yeah. a, he was a pretty decent battle DJ too. So he's doing tricks and doing shit. And truth be told, I know when Adrian came on board, he wanted to be better than the guy who was doing it before. Mm -hmm. So he's going to go out of his way to make sure that everything he's doing is fucking top notch, top -notch right? Mm hmm so fast forward, you know, and my whole thing is because I went through an experience where there was a guy on my show who literally didn't like me, but faked it just so he could be part of the show. I genuinely wanted me and Adrian to be friends. And the reason I picked him is because we were friends. Right. And so I don't want anybody to be a part of my show who is just there to be there. But somehow me and him started not digging each other. Okay. Right. Well, more so on, I think more so Adrian stopped digging me, right? but still wanted to do the show. And then I'll take the blame for the dissolving of it because my ego probably was getting bent out of shape that this guy, you know, doesn't want to hang with me after shows. He doesn't want to do shit. He does, we're not friends anymore. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going through this again. So I went to my bosses and I was like, I can't deal with this shit. Right? Okay. And at, during this time, I was learning how to DJ. I had another friend of mine who uh, was an older dude, and he was teaching me how to DJ. So I was learning now okay. how to mix and how to cut and scratch because it was just something I wanted to start doing for no reason other than just to do it, right? And, and so when I got rid of Adrian, so I told Adrian, I'm, you're done. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're fired, basically, he right? He told the story. He said right. he cried. Right. Yeah. But he didn't yeah. cry in front of me. No, 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 right? no, no, no. But. I heard a rumor that that had something to do with the 900 number record. Somebody told me that. That you were upset. Some, uh, or he wanted a 900 number record. You wouldn't give it to him or something like that. And that's how an that. argument started over that. No? Well, I know I got my 900 number from directly from the record label in New York. Okay. So I don't know... I mean, shit, I can't remember. Right, but right, that doesn't right. ring any bells. Okay. I don't remember that either. That doesn't ring any bells. Right. I mean, but he, uh, who knows, right? So he leaves. You're still doing the show. So but before I was able to do it, right, okay. my, the program director came to me and said, this is the last time. They said, oh, if, if, okay. if, we, if, if Adrian's gone, you got to start doing the show by yourself. Yeah. And I start panicking, going, holy fuck, I got a DJ and fucking talk. And so now... You know what I mean? My mind is going, how the fuck am I going to make this shit happen? Blah, blah, blah. That was secondary. My first concern was, okay, me and Adrian can't get along, right? And right. so, in my mind, you know, we had already, they had already done that whole world domination thing where they don't want me rapping anymore. They don't, like, I'm not part of the group. So, right. to me, it was like, you guys are already putting a wedge between us. So why are we still doing, like, why are you and me doing a show together? You don't want me as part of the crew, blah, 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 blah. We're not really hanging. And so for me, severing ties with Adrian at the time was, was cool, but I didn't realize the, the bigger ramifications at the time. Right. I didn't realize it was going to cause a problem between me and Ron because of how tight they were. 
So so what happened is so Adrian calls up Ron and says, Oh my god, he just fired me, blah blah blah. Ron's like, fuck that, come be on my show. Right? <laughs> yeah, Which is cool. Right, 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 right. I mean, anybody would have probably did the exact same thing. The thing that got me that got my gears all ground up was the first day they brought Adrian on, so the following Wednesday or whatever, it's following Saturday, they said that he didn't get fired, and I didn't expect him to, because all you had to say was Adrian's now on our show. Because I don't think anything it was it was never that big where like the whole world knew that you'd fired him, right? You know, what I mean? right. you know we were, there was two radio shows, and yeah, they were popular, but it wasn't like you know egos and icons. That's what you had. Yeah, it wasn't. It That's wasn't. It, 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 to me, it, <laughs> it seems big then, bigger than it really was. But they said you quit. You quit that whack show, and now you're on a good show, oh. and blah blah blah. Now you're on a better show. And I heard all that shit, and I was like, hey, "What the fuck, man?" I was vexed. So when Wednesday rolled around, I fucking went on the air and I said some stupid shit, saying, "You know, if you're wondering what happened to X, he didn't quit. He got fired, or whatever, right?" Oh. And so, and so it was just stupid shit back and forth. So that's how the feud kind of started, right? But right. but I'm gonna again, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the bullet for this one because. I said something on the air that I shouldn't have, and I crossed the line. Okay. Right? And and Ron and them obviously got pissed about it. And it went further and further, and then they turned it into a big thing. So next week, we're going to fucking destroy Mastermind, and they did this big thing on the air. But at the time, it really felt like it was them, it was it was Thrust, it was X, it was oh. like all those guys oh. against just, me. Just for the record, just so you know. I just heard it like you, man. I knew it was coming. I was so like, wow, this is going on. Right. I could tell you the emotional uh, parts of it. You know what I mean? But as far as what they did and Ron going to the studio, right, you know, right, I, right. that thing was all already. I heard like the end, oh, he's got this part. And I was like, oh. But the thing was, if you knew the personalities, you knew what was coming because everybody knew Mastermind at that time was polished, produced, ill spots like the way his show was, he like, and Paul, and Paul, and he came from a rapper background. Remember, that's nothing but Paul, no, he came right. from, he, Paul writes one of the best writers I've seen, man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I know he's got his book at home. I've seen a lot of people. He was a very good, so I'm like, they're going to go against Paul. Paul's going to present a lot of stuff, too. And then, you know, from Ron's production side, too. But, so, I, but I also studied all the rap battles in the States. So the sad, rap so. battles on record. The radio war. So I was, I, mean. I was a product of that as that's well. Like I when mean. Mr. Magic and Red Alert and them were beefing. Mean. And that's what I was following, not realizing in my mind as a young kid, it's a little deeper than that. And that's why when I said some stupid shit. He went off on that. Right? I, I wasn't realizing that I was crossing the line. Right. And so clearly Ron and him... Took felt offense. ways t- took offense, right? And they could have put me on blast because the one the one time that they did, they said we're gonna uh, we're gonna air out everything about him, and he recorded this bit, and then they played it backwards. So I recorded it, and I went to the radio station, I dubbed it down onto reel to reel, and I had to literally cut the tape and put it the other way and play it, and play it backwards. Yeah. And all it said is, uh, it said my real name. And it says you fucked up. We're not gonna. We're not gonna really air you out. But if you fuck with us again, or something, something, something along those okay, lines, okay. we're gonna tell everybody. Blah blah blah. But they didn't really have anything. You know what on it was? Me. It was just honestly. It was just like no one hated each other. It wasn't that if they saw each other in the streets, you were even gonna get punched. It was just that hip hop. Like, yeah, it was a little bit of that. But no, we, no, po- no, 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 not that. Ass, no, ass, not that. Yeah. It wasn't it was that. I'm saying it was the hip hop shit. Right. It was just the hip. It was just all that hip hop. But that's what hip hop. But hold on, time. When, when and we, the streets, like 
DRK, everybody, Frank, everybody's coming back, yo, man. Like, people was hearing it on the two strongest radio format, so you had to come back with something. What are you going to do? Hold on, but in the interview with X, he even said that Ron was a bit of a shit starter, though, right? Yeah, always. Well, and he, said, he would only know that. I wouldn't know all that shit, right? Okay, but he even he even said that was like watching. I can't remember what he, what he compared Ron to, but he was like, it was like a bully versus a ninja. Like, some, some, like, some versus a ninja. He said that you were like leagues, leagues ahead. In terms of everything, you, like your production right, value, right, 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 like right, that, right. right? Yeah. But the thing is, we did we did separate for the longest time. Like so, from whenever the battle, the war started, the beginning of '88, right to '89. It wasn't until like '89 that yeah. that we squashed everything. And I okay. and I remember when that happened too. So the biggest regret out of all of that for me was Ron in '88 brought Big Daddy Kane at the height of his career to concert hall, and because we weren't friends, you didn't I go. didn't go. <laughs> right. So that was one of the biggest fucking regrets of that whole thing. But what happened was Ron started Advanced Productions in like '89 or a bit later. Okay. Might have been a bit later, mid '89 or whatever. He bought a place. Him and Adrian shared a place up in Scarborough. And they built a studio, and it was like the place to be. And somehow somebody had me, and I started producing at the time. Okay. And somebody brought me to that studio, even though reluctantly I didn't want to go. And they basically begged me to go, okay, it's it's all good, it's all good. And I eventually went there, and Ron was there. And that was the first time we had met face to face since this whole stupid thing happened. And we squashed it. At the time, right? Okay. Because um, Ron was moving on and doing other things, and I can't remember when did you when did Adrian get the show? When did he officially take in like it over? Ninety when Ron left. That's when Ron left. Gave up the show. Yeah. So ninety. Like nineteen ninety. Like right. Late ninety. Okay. So somewhere in there. Yeah. So in the eighty nine ninety ish or whatever, right around there, and um, and so the beef was squashed. You know, I was now back in with those guys everything was cool we all became we all started rekindling our f- relationship and our friendships and stuff and I had already been so I'd been doing my show now for two years plus um, it, okay. it had a, it had a decent following you know there was everybody was doing their thing we were just doing our shows um, but then Ron decided to create um, a production company and he wanted to get um, the biggest producers and bring them into his production company. So he had this thing called Advanced Productions, and so Adrian became a uh, in-house producer. I eventually became an in-house producer, and then um, and there was another. There was at least one other person, and I can't remember who. It might have been maybe Power. No. Power, yeah, Power, because with KGB, Power? Power was part of it. Yeah, Power was in it. Okay. It was Power. It was power. Yeah, so it was DJ power. power, and you know, to make a power. to make a long story short, Thrust was in a group. With KGB, I was in a group with this guy named Logic. Yeah. And Adrian was just kind of like the house producer. Or was he the DJ for KGB? Hmm? Was he the DJ for KGB? KGB was me, 10K, DTS, Trey, our homie Fletch. Like, it was like a little clip, man. Yeah, but who was the but, main DJ? But the main DJ, there wasn't really... Well, it shows X would be the DJ. Okay. But, okay. but it was a collaboration. It was almost like a tribe. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to say, because production and DTS... Was instrumental on like us putting us on to a lot of the breaks and the samples we used. Right. Okay. Some of the songs in KGB was me and Ten doing it. Some of it was X doing it, but X was always the DJ, so right. it was the whole thing. And then 
You and, you, and, you, and it was you, wasn't it you, Rude, and uh, Logic, right? Yeah, Rude came after, actually. Two Rude? So, yeah, two Rude. Okay. So it was me and Logic, yeah. and Ron's idea was to bring in Rude as a hype man. He met Rude somewhere, and Rude was a very outgoing in terms of um, hype. Like, he was a mic guy, you know what I mean? Like, he brought okay. this energy, and, and Ron thought that that would be a good vibe to be in the group. So we all, I you know, becoming friends and stuff. But so I would be the producer and, and in some cases co-writer. Logic would be the MC. And so the closest thing I guess you could compare us to would have been a gang star or whatever. Oh, okay. It was incredible, dude. They had like full record time, like, yeah, we, yeah, actually, we, we put like a nine-song demo together. Dude, we almost we almost got signed to Chrysalis. It never came out. No. Ah, okay. Dude. It almost, but we almost got That's signed to Chrysalis EMI. Okay. We were like on the verge. Um, wow. Learn something every day. I love yeah, it. we and we this we, is and we this actually, is Exact Wisdom, right? Yeah, Exact Wisdom. Okay. But at, at a time between KGB and Exact Wisdom, we had a pretty good run going in terms of. Um, Dominance in terms of the city or whatever, in terms of okay. like rap crews or whatever, and we were we would put on shows like we would be on the same bill. We were like the same level, like for your mindscape, like when you seen Ghetto, okay, you seen, like that. We were the predecessor to that KGB, and I'm probably missing a whole bunch like, of shit the in there. My brain is no, 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 no. All the streets, we're, we're all, the hood, all the hoods, every area you go, there was like a pride about the music. You know what I'm saying? And we were opening for all the main acts. The main and, source was there, and we, we were, were making it, bill, it, it, special ed. We had vibes in New York, like me, interest from the labels in New York, like we were meeting, so it was like, it was really cool. And if, and it you know, cool. humble brand, I mean, we actually were making some pretty good music at the time. Yeah, okay. music like, was I hot, think. Man. Did you ever release anything on Wax or anything? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. Oh, man. No. The, the closest we ever got to that shit was like, you know, putting shit on the radio and spinning it on the radio. Like off tapes and yeah, shit? Yeah. Yeah, 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 And so for us, I think the biggest record, well, biggest record, biggest song that we ever got reaction to is this one we call Did Enjoy Yourself, mm-hmm. where we had like, um, uh, fuck, it was like a, that's what I got uh, Jackson that's what in, in my Northern Touch verse I said, just to see you smile and enjoy yourself. Right, and it had the, that's really the influence of exact wisdom. That's logic. Word. Yeah. Okay. Up, just to see you smile and that's a, enjoy that's yourself. A just, just to see you smile right? and enjoy. Like that's when I was just vibing. I was like, oh no, that's so. My people would think the, ob- the right. opposite, but that's really what it is. Yeah. Oh, sure. see, it's crazy. <laughs> that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we did that for a while, and then when I guess when the the chrysalis thing didn't happen, this was probably like ninety two or ninety three. Uh, so when the signing didn't happen, um, kind of. I, I went and, and started focusing more on radio. Oh, so okay. you know what we're missing? We're missing. So, 91, I ended up leaving CHRY. Me and management had a disagreement about some shit. Okay. And so they yanked the show from me. Okay, wait. Let me ask you something before we get to there, though. When is the Metro mix-off? It was in it was sometime between 87 and 90-ish. And you were in it? Cause it was I like wasn't a, in it. I okay. was a judge. It was Power won that. It was specific to CHRY? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. See, we I, put yeah. that on... Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why we had to do it, but I think it was mandated. Maybe it was part of Canadian talent development or some shit. Oh, okay. I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't remember. But I was a judge, and Power ended up winning that, and he won like a pair of turntables and a mixer or something. And there was like only that. the one, or how many were there? Uh, well, at the time there was only the was one. The they one. made. They I made. Thought it was the one. I can't think of any other DJ. The way they did like that with the turntable, they may have had them, but the way the prizes, the way it was set up. 
Right. Okay. I don't remember. But I remember doing it in the yeah. in the actual radio station. We had a big um, open area. Where yeah, I remember all the, the offices were. Yeah. And um, but they moved at one point, right? So I don't know if you're thinking of the same place. I'm trying to think. The but first time, the first time I went out of this though, you get the connection because you had power move, right? Yeah. And then you had Mass and CL Mass left the connection with Ron and Mastermind. You know and what? Then, and then power didn't come. It through, had to be. It had to be after. Right? It had to be before they got CIUT because he didn't start doing CIUT until he after won. he won. Okay. Yeah, but he did. He came in a little later, right? Oh, did he? Yeah, just a little bit later. He, he wasn't there right out the jump, right on. You know what I mean? Oh, no, because country. it was. Yeah. It was yeah. John. Even when John it was talking John about first. it, it was John first, right? Yeah, yeah, But yeah, that yeah, was yeah. so... I'm just saying the connections are so cool, the instrumental to the DJs and the radio stations, because if he didn't win those 12s during the right. Europe session there, that gave him that three or four year window to become DJ Power, Soul Controllers, right. Master Plan Show. Anything about Power to doing now, these days, that's see, fucking right? incredible. I know, so it's, it's huge, incredible, right? right? Yeah. Like, that's what I first... You know what I'm saying? It's cool, man, so... Because he was like a 15-year-old kid did that same time, too. 15, 60-year-old kid. Just and me and him became Boom. pretty good friends for a minute, too. Like, yeah. I was over at his house doing production and shit, and he was producing. And right. It's weird how we've, like, all even, our Even the grassroots, have... all that, like, that's when they started going by Power's crib after Power had the 12s. So, oh, Roger, that dude, everybody's, like, Power's house became a grid. The Circle, everybody, they started going. That's the Power. Socks, yeah. they go to Power's. The Power got those 12s. And had those records. But that's way early had, though. Yeah, but I'm saying, I'm just saying the former. That's from that winning that mix off. Right. Getting those twelves, it it screwed the whole family. I wonder if anybody has city. footage of the it's crazy, mix off, like, like that's, the history of it. See, that's what I'm saying. Somebody's got it, right? Okay, okay, so yo, you leave CHRY, you go. So I left CHRY, and at this point, Adrian had already taken over CKLM, so he has power move, right? Right. And and. Uh, and so I called up Adrian and I said, dude, I'm not at CHRI anymore. He said, fuck it, come on my show. Right. Right? So I joined X and his show and we broke it up uh, in terms of, because it was three hours, each guy would spin one hour. Okay. So I think so it was you. Scam. At oh. one point it was Scam, it was DRK, DRK. and it was um, Cyclone. Yeah. So Adrian uh, cycled through a bunch of uh, different guys. Right. But it was always me and him. And then somebody else. So there was Scam, there was DRK, there was Cyclone. I think those are the only that was three. It, that was it. Yeah. And besides even, even Daryl, Blinky's Daryl. Oh, but that was after. That was a little later. That was yeah, after, yeah. yeah. So there was Blinky as well. And and it was mainly uh, Chris and Adrian as the hosts. Because I kind of told Adrian, I, I'll talk, but I just want to... I'll just come and spin and be like in the background or whatever. The only time, it was great for Adrian because it was probably a handful of times, literally only a handful, where he was busy. He had to go do something and he felt comfortable enough having me host the show for him in his absence. Okay. And in those cases, DRK would probably spend the whole hour or the whole show or Scam would. And, right. And maybe I would do something here and there. One One particular instance that stands out in my mind was when... Ron brought it was Chub Rock, uh, P Rock and CL Smooth, UMCs, Cypress, and there was yeah. another group. Okay. Or something something like that. It was a fucking that was major the last show. Big concert, concert yeah, it was a big fucking show. And Adrian took the day off because he was helping with Ron. Yeah, I think he was driving people around oh, or whatever. Yeah. So he couldn't do the show. So he let me host. And I remember, so the show was on Saturday. Friday, um, 
Troy arrived, test press of Troy arrived at my house. So nobody had it yet. So the only thing we knew about P-Rock and CL Smooth at that time was Creator Creator yeah, yeah. Mecca and the Soul Brother yeah, yeah, yeah. the all sold out shit the EP, so yeah. Troy shows up at my house and obviously the first time you listen to Troy you're like holy yeah, fuck what is this? And what dude is this? I I was so excited because the next day was the concert yeah. and nobody had heard Troy yet and I literally started the show with Troy but the fucked up thing is the fucked up thing was um, the DJ wasn't here yet Somebody was late, so we had our turntable set up, but okay. I had to play it off of the turntable in the station that was just the station one. And I started it, and it ended up being on 45 from the show prior. Yeah. And so the beginning, you know how the the, yeah. the, the, the loop at the beginning was already fast? So I'm talking as the show starts, and it sounds all sped up, and then the horns start going. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. So I, I fucking had to put it on 33, but I didn't want to just start it all over. Yeah. So there's memory of me playing Troy for the very first time ever. The first little bit of it was on the wrong speed. But regardless, like everybody heard that shit, and it was just... Fucking crazy, yeah. and it just made you hype for the show later on yeah. that night. And then the concert ended up being so fucking incredible too, right? That was one of the best nights ever in the city. Man. Yeah, it was just a fun time, and it was really great. Every act showed up, everybody in the building. Sound system was, you know, those nights when just everything clicked. Yeah, clicked magic, man. Yeah, magic, man. And, and the show, like from a production standpoint was yeah. really clean like it was like group went on mm -hmm. next group went on and I don't remember I may have been but I remember I think at this particular time I may have just watched from as a crowd that that night mm -hmm. I think okay. I was just up in the balcony and I just wanted to watch watch the show whereas normally you know I would be backstage or I'd be DJing with Adrian or whatever we'd be doing well you know the thing about that show a lot of people never knew and you found out years later that was the last big hip hop show that Ron Nelson ever did and that was at the concert hall yeah that was wow. the last real. Well, no, he, tried, he tried to do another one. But he tried to do like a Monster Jam. I'm talking about Monster Jam. He tried. I'm talking about like a five stars, five like five. No, acts remember he field. he tried to put that show on at um at that stadium, and it didn't end up going through because somebody didn't show up or whatever. It was Gangstar and EPMD or that's and Varsity Arena. That was that was yeah. uh, that was because of like some fire shit or some like something happened before. And Redman or something because I remember Redman's DJs yeah. started lipping off and some people fucked them up. Oh we wow. a show at Varsity, that wasn't right. But there was another show Ron tried to do. And that was because the it wasn't but it didn't get to that point. It wasn't because of him some venue problem. I remember oh, that. Okay. But that was the last show he did promoted you know what I mean? That was Big, big A to Z. You know what I mean? It was a good night. It was, it was yeah, classic. It was man. a great night. Great night. Okay, man. so yo, now you're at Master Plan Show. As X tells it, you're secretly like. You mean a power move? Power sorry, yeah, power sorry, power yeah. Move. Fuck, I always do that, man. I always yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, power move. You're doing your demo, and then 108 happens? Right, so. It wasn't secretly. Uh, I first, that's, the way, that's the way X tells it. Well, uh, it, it was secret in the sense that I wasn't sharing it. Like, I wasn't publicly telling anybody. Right. But, but what I was doing, because I was, I was, uh, I actually went to uh, to college for broadcasting. Okay. Right? So as I'm doing the power move, I'm DJing, I'm working at Jumbo. Did you go Ryerson or? I went to Seneca. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they had a separate campus that was just school for communication arts. So they had digital TV, uh, multimedia, and okay. radio. Okay. So that's where I went as soon as I graduated. Actually, a year after I graduated uh, high school. I took a year off and I worked for a year. And then I went and did that. Okay. And it was a two-year program. So while I was doing that, 
I knew that radio was going to be a career for me, right? So I was doing, um, uh, and I was, and, and from 87 until then, and this was probably 91, 92, I had been actively, um, you know, making myself, um, aware of in the States. So really, really having great connections with the record labels, going to conferences, like you're talking about Jack the Rapper, dude, I went to all the impact, Jack the Rapper, Gavin, um, Anything that How can I be down But even before that You know what I mean Even before So I was going to all that shit And I had I was known Like I remember We were doing Power Move And live on a Saturday And a friend Friend of mine Who was the promo guy At Wild Pitch Heard me on the air He came to town for something Heard us on the air And he fucking came And brought me OC's Time's Up White test press Didn't even have fucking words on it And said Play this shit he came because it was me on the radio. Right, right, right. And he came down there, Paul, found out where we were. Mastermind starts it, bro. Mastermind is always like his niche. He was like, if you carve from, he was nine times out of ten. When you first heard a record, it was through Paul. Okay. Through Mastermind. Okay. Like, most was great. He always was like on point. Like he said, I think it was from Young. He was always reading the labels, those records. He was calling out. He always had that. So he had a connection. With the U.S. before, like nine out of ten people. You know? So like, okay, so you, I think that's said, why him X always had that conflict because they're both two DJs, and then what do DJs want to do? They want to premiere every hip hop DJ right, wants to like right. premiere records. But you're so, saying, like, hold on, hold on. you're saying that you're thinking that you're gonna, radio is going to be your life. Are you thinking the states because we didn't even have we didn't even have an urban station, right? Here. So so what I was going to get at was, um, we we didn't have an urban station. No, so I was actively talking to people. You know, my friends in the states thinking it was actually while I was in university or while I was in college, I did an internship. A friend of mine, I made a connection through these, you know, trips to the states and stuff. And there was a program director at a small station. It was a hip hop station in like Flint, Michigan, or some shit. Okay. And I went and did my co-op or my internship there. Cool. You know, like normally you're supposed to do that shit here somewhere. Yeah. My teacher, I told my teacher, I said, no, I'm going there to do it, man. Like. Why would I, you know, everybody would want to go there and they let me, right? Cool. I, I got to miss school or whatever. I went, my teachers knew how dedicated I was and right. they, they knew that I was going to end up doing whatever I wanted to do in radio, in radio right? Mm-hmm. So, Sick. Sick. so, so while I'm doing power move, we're all friends. We had gone, we had kind of, we still went through all our little bullshit here and there with egos and stuff. But for the most part, this was different than the first round. Right, right. You know what I mean? We we all were growing up a little bit more. We were all mature, and I think we were all a little more um, <coughs> confident in ourselves. Like Adrian grew into his confidence as to who he was with the power move and who he was to the city and what his legacy was. I I was the same thing. It was kind of like me. But the the thing for me was knowing that this was Adrian's show. It's never going to be my show. Right. That I wanted. You know, I still want to do what I'm going to do. Obviously. So. While I'm in school and still doing the show with these guys and everything, there was a, a, a station that opened up uh, that actually was only playing cool shit at nighttime. It was called uh, Dance 108. That's right. right? Yeah, so yeah. they were out of Burlington. And during the day, they were like a fucking, I don't even know what they played during the day. It was just whatever. But between 7 and midnight, it was dance music. they played dance music and more rhythmic type shit. Right. right? That evolved from Dance 108 into Energy 108. And as much as they were top 40 in dance, they didn't fucking play hip-hop. And at the time, hip-hop was becoming... A lot bigger. Bigger, right? So we're talking early 90s, 91, 92-ish, give or take. Okay. So literally, 
every day for the better part of two years, I was calling that program director at the radio station saying, you know, I want to do a hip hop show at your radio station. And I called this guy to the point where he fucking either hated my guts or respected my tenacity. One of the two, yeah. right? And I bugged him so much that eventually at some point in like nine, in late 93, they decided they were going to put a hip hop show on the air. And they put the word out to people to put in demos. And I was one of the people because I was always fucking hitting them up saying, you need a hip hop show. Let me do your hip hop show. Let me do your hip hop show. So I put a demo together. And in hindsight, Ron and Adrian had put a demo together. Okay. Right? And there was another another group. They probably went to all three. They probably went to... Um, Master Plan 2 or whatever, right? Like DTS and John or Might have been. I don't know. Right, 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 right. I don't know who they all went to. Okay. But I do know that I got the job. Right. Right? And the day that they fucking told me that I got it, I called Adrian and I said, let me come over. I got to talk to you about something. And I, that same day, I drove to his crib and I said, I got to leave, man. They fucking offered me this job at, at uh, Energy and blah, blah, blah. Now, obviously, I didn't know at the time. He didn't say it that day. But I found out later that he had put a demo in, so he was pissed okay. because he didn't, he didn't get it, right? Right, right, right. But I right. didn't know, and I didn't know we he were... He was before the six, man. <laughs> but I didn't know that we were competing for the same gig, you know what I mean? I had right. no idea that yeah. he was even in in for that, like he even wanted to do that shit, right? Wait, was was Saturday an already predetermined thing, or was that calculated on your part? No, so it wasn't. So okay. once I got the job, that's when we started discussing on what we're going to start doing. They only wanted to give an hour initially. Okay. And I said, dude, you, you got a radio show for three hours over here, and you got another radio show over here for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It was going to be on Saturday afternoon. I knew okay. that. They, they determined that. Okay, okay, okay. But they only wanted it to be one hour. Because I, I was like, yo, if you, if you came with that, you're a fucking No, I think they were just, just going right? to do five to six okay. to start. And so I said, you can't just do one hour. Yeah. You're the first commercial radio station to ever... Play hip hop. Put a hip hop mix show on, and you're only going to do an hour, and so they compromised and made it two hours, right? right. And I, I was good with that. I was like, two hours is good mm-hmm. in the middle of the fucking day. And then yeah, and then we thought about it. Okay, so Adrian's on one to four, then I'd be on five to seven, and then those guys it just kind of worked out that way, right? Which was great for us, right? Because we didn't have hip hop in the city, right? Exactly. And and so again, going back, so I told Adrian right away. There was nothing snaky about it. It was right. It was just I didn't, you know, what I mean, like, and I was I was very forthright with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna keep doing power move while I, I do this other show, right? No, you could. Yeah. yeah, it just. Okay, so wait. Around at this time, were you already doing the mixtapes? No. Didn't start that till after. Until you did the radio show. Okay. 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 Okay.